Today, we're going to tackle a tech subject that we haven't addressed yet on the business of blueberries, bees. You want to make sure you have enough bees so that on your cloudiest, coldest day, you still have enough bees visiting your flowers. Let's assess those hives before pollination and make sure you're secured and good to go and then work the rest of the year to keep as much fruit on that crop as you can. There is so much to glean from today's conversation on hive health and pollination strategy and how one company is using technology to help our blueberry growers optimize this vital and maybe underappreciated investment in bees. This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Welcome back to another episode of The Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. It has been a while since our last tech episode, but today we're excited to feature a company making waves in the pollination space, the B Corp. I ran across the B Corp when I visited the Almond Conference here in Sacramento back in December, and it was great to learn that they are also working in blueberries. The B Corp mission is to develop technology to help beekeepers maximize pollination revenue per hive and help growers reduce cost and optimize pollination quality. They achieve this through their software they call Verify Solutions that equips pollinators and growers with data to collaborate and position farms to improve pollination, get their best hives, and ultimately protect yield. To talk about this emerging technology, we have two guests joining us today, Ellie Sims, the CEO of B Corp, and Luis de la Garza, the GM of Royal Oaks Farm, also a large grower for Driscoll's. Ellie, Luis, welcome to the business of blueberries. Thanks for having me, Casey. Thank you, Casey. Pleasure. Ellie, let's start with you. Talk to me a little bit about your background in the agriculture industry and the catalyst for founding of B Corp. Yeah, I started out as a hobbyist beekeeper, actually. I did not grow up in ag. My parents both worked in manufacturing. But while I was at school, I decided I really wanted to work in food systems. I ended up volunteering for a beekeeper and fell in love with beekeeping started one of the country's first university beekeeping programs to teach other young folks about beekeeping and then was encouraged to dream bigger about how I could take the passion that I have for the craft and help the industry. That was back in 2015 when I was encouraged by some folks at the university and we ended up winning a business plan competition to get started And I've really learned everything I know about commercial pollination from talking and working with growers and beekeepers over the last few years. I've done every job a commercial beekeeper does by volunteering and helping them out and learning the ropes. Definitely didn't come from an ag background, but really love working in ag. That's awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about the identifying the pollination practices in farms and what you identified as, you know, how your company or Verify now helps to solve what challenges you see or what ways in which we could improve bee health for 
the production of blueberries? When we first started the company, we actually were creating products to help hobbyist beekeepers better manage their hive. I think that makes a lot of sense with us as hobbyist beekeepers. That's the world we knew. And then in 2018, we got a grant from the National Science Foundation to expand to commercial production with the technology we had built for hobbyists. So with that grant, the first thing they require you to do is go learn about the industry. They had us do only 30 interviews with beekeepers, growers, uh, researchers in the industry. We ended up doing close to 150 before we really felt like we had talked to enough people to understand what could be solved. So in those interviews, we learned about how difficult pollination is for beekeepers, how important of an input it is for growers, and yet how hard it is to measure pollination using industry manual inspections that they're relying on today, and how much of a focus this is as far as an input because of how expensive it's gotten. So those were some of the things that led us to want to focus on it and focus on the hive inspection aspect. So today we help growers who rent beehives to pollinate their crops, basically appraise the quality of the hives for pollination. So our growers use this information to one, make sure they're going to be good to go for pollination. And number two, to make sure they're getting what they pay for on the hives that they rent. And then as we're working and expanding into more crop industries like berries, blueberries, we're also interested in helping growers like Luis determine how many hives do they need per acre and what is their optimum and how far can they decrease this cost and still get good, strong berries. So that's what's been really interesting recently and what we've been doing. So talk to me a little about, you know, and I want to bring Luis in here shortly, but I do want to have our audience understand specifically what is Verify in your company? What is this product? What is this program? So Verify is replacing the standard industry manual inspection to assess how many bees are inside of the colonies. So in an industry manual inspection, you open up the hive and you estimate how many frames are covered by bees. Verify uses thermal cameras, infrared cameras. You snap a picture of the hive and then we use that thermal data to predict how many bees are inside of the colonies. Our most common grower is renting hives from a third-party beekeeper. And we're coming in basically as a third-party appraisal of those hives, just like you would appraise a home. That's most common. We do have customers that do it all, that manage the hives and the growing operation. And usually what they want to do there is there's a side of the business managing the hive and a side of the business managing the growing operation. And both sides want to make sure, one, that they're getting what they pay for, and two, that their production is going to be still good to go. And then we do also work with some beekeepers that want to check their supply before they send them to growers to make sure they're going to make their contracts. So, but primarily the most common setup is a helping a third party. Well, this is a great segue to Luis. Luis, I want to bring you in on how you use Verify and help connect that dot for our Blueberry audience on, you know, how you see this being an important resource for your operation. So maybe just start off, if you could, just introduce yourself, your farming operation, and your relationship to the Blueberry industry. So yeah, I'm uh, Luis de la Garza, General Manager for uh, Royal Oaks Farms. We're located here in Watsonville, California. 
and we grow the four berries for, for Driscoll's. We have been always very intriguing about, you know, producing better berries, you know, the size and uh, the quality. And we noticed that in the past years, the pollination has been, you know, tougher and tougher. And by that, I think we're competing. You know, there's a lot of uh, uh, crops in this area. It's intensive, you know, to grow since vegetables, flowers, uh, fruit, and also we use uh, hoops to protect the, the fruit and the crops. So I think that has an effect also on the pollination. So uh, I have been very curious about the bees and the, the evolution and uh, what type of bees are we having and why some bees are more aggressive or less aggressive with people, but also less aggressive in the pollination area. So uh, we try to grow our own hives but it's a very labor intensive and uh, you know you need to have a passion for that business it's a lot of experience a lot of knowledge required so we decided to hire you know from a third party so we hire two beekeepers that usually provide uh, bees for the almonds in the central valley and then they come to our region in the winter also, at the same time, we have uh, different genetics in the blueberries. So we are trying to produce early in the spring and late in the fall. We're trying to get away from the summer production because everybody produces blueberries, you know, in the summer around the world. So we're trying to look for that niche. Also, growing in those uh, windows, it's a, a more challenging environment for the bees, right? Because uh, it's a kind of a, the uh, rainy season for our area. The weather is changing. Anyhow, we connect with Ellie through a technological center in Salinas. And it was very interesting. I said, wow, I'm not a beekeeper. And this technology is non-invasive. You can, you know, just scan the box and get a very good idea of the health of the colony because uh, before that we just guess and we drive around the beehives and depending on the weather you see a lot of bees flying or not a lot of bees flying right and for us walking our fields and you can see when the flower is not getting pollinated they try to attract more bees you know it's a natural response so you can see that the lack of pollination was happening so we start adding more beehives but also we were wondering, well, if the beehives are weak or very strong, you know, we can reduce the number of beehives. So that's what uh, we connect with Ellie and say, well, let's run a trial. And has been very interesting. And uh, there's a lot of uh, connecting dots that we can look in the future, right? Is the bees are flying or not? What was the weather? Because that technology integrates the location, the weather, and they give you a very nice graph. So uh, that's what we tested. And uh, it was a little bit tough to wake up very early in the morning, especially in the summer, because, you know, you need to scan the, the hives when it's dark. So that was the only disadvantage, I will say. But other than that, it was super simple. And uh, Ellie provided a lot of uh, background and uh, feedback about the beehives. Also, I was concerned about the beekeeper, you know, he will feel kind of audited and sometimes, you know, they feel a little bit, you are trying, you know, to push the envelope. 
But um, it was the opposite. They received the technology, they like it, and in the future they're thinking, you know, it's a very good way to prove the service they are providing. So they can use that technology to say, hey, look, I'm providing you very healthy, strong colonies. So that's part of the service, right? So they like it. That's what uh, we did this season. And definitely we are seeing a better pollination and not only in blueberries, but if you take, for example, the blackberry, every single droplet on the fruit needs to be pollinated. So it is unbelievable, you know, how the nature, you know, needs to connect everything to produce a nice berry with good shape, a good size and, and good flavor. I want to dive deeper into all of this with both of you further here. But before we do that, let's take a quick break for our crop report. The harvest in South America is well underway, and we've been receiving our weekly updates from our colleagues down south. So here once again is your blueberry crop report. It's time for your blueberry crop report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today you'll hear from Luis Vegas in Peru and Andres Armstrong in Chile. This was recorded on February 9th, 2022. Hello, this is Andres Armstrong from the Chilean Blueberry Committee with the Chilean Crop Report of Week 4. This is information up to January 30th. At this time, Chile is the main fresh blueberry supplier and peak volume shipments continue. On Week 4, Chile shipped a new high volume of 25 million pounds. So, up to January 30th, a total of 196 million pounds have been shipped, which is 93 3% less than the previous season. The month of January, though, exhibits a higher weekly average than all previous seasons. This January, the weekly average is 25 million pounds compared to 23 million pounds of January last year. The main destinations on week four were North America with 56%, Europe with 37%, and Asia with only 6%. In the accumulated volume, North America maintains the biggest share with 46%, Europe with 40%, and Asia with 12%. Finally, we, we want to highlight the increased participation of organic blueberries during week four that breached 23% of the week's shipments. The total organic volume up to January 30th is 27 million pounds with 14% share of the season exports. This is our report for the week. Thank you very much. Hello, this is Luis with the crop report from Peru up until the end of week five, which is the week ending in February 6. So up until week five of the season, Peru has shipped a total of 474 million pounds of fresh blueberries worldwide, representing a growth of 35% in volume versus the previous season. From this overall volume, 54% has been shipped to the US, 30% to Europe, 12% to China, and 4% to other destinations. What happened during week five? A total of 4.2 million pounds were shipped. 56% of this volume was shipped to the US with 2.3 million pounds, which are expected to arrive the US market during the last week of February and the first days of March. 34% of the volume shipped during week five was sent to Europe, 8% to China, and 2% to other destinations, including Canada, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Hong Kong, India, Panama, Singapore, and Thailand. So this is a Peru's crop report for this week. Thank you.
Well, thanks so much to our busy growers who take time to participate in these reports. As a reminder, you can go to the new USHBC website where you can find our Data and Insights Center to see more data of what's happening in the blueberry industry. We have added a lot more features to this dashboard, including USDA shipping price and movement, retail category performance, Nielsen monthly retail sales reports, and much more. So make sure you go to ushbc.org forward slash data to check that out. As we're talking here, Ellie, I have to feel like maybe one of our data and insights reports needs to be the pollination report and how we are able to now aggregate the data of global blueberry pollination taking place in all these different regions. But getting back to a little bit about what Luis was talking about, maybe you can share some insights on just how that dynamic is helping to shape for better yield productions, because ultimately... We said it, I hear it in the fields when I'm walking with farms about that we just didn't get enough aggressive bees this year, or I traded my hive out for more aggressive bees. And and you could speak to that issue of, is it aggressiveness or is it the health of the hive? You know, what is it that your program, your platform is helping Luis and other farmers do to really understand the dynamics of beekeeping? Yeah, absolutely. So that's actually our next step with Luis is he's got pretty detailed production data. He's in a unique growing region where those bees were pollinating the blueberries several months over the summer. So we've got a lot of production data and a lot of hive strength data that we're in the process of linking together to help understand if there's a relationship between that. Where I think we're going to end up and where we're going to get in this space is similar to where the almond industry has been for years, which is you want to be at a max. You want to make sure you have enough bees so that on your cloudiest, coldest day, you still have enough bees visiting your flowers. That is the threshold that almond growers shoot for, meaning a lot of the time they're over-pollinated but they at least are going to hit that threshold in their worst case scenario. So that is, I think, what has been happening in almonds and what we're trying to help these other industries do is determine that threshold so that you're hitting it with these bees every year. So it's not something you're worried about after pollination. Basically, let's assess those hives before pollination and make sure you're secured and good to go and then work the rest of the year to keep as much fruit on that crop as you can. That's, I think, where it'd be great if this industry could go and what our goal is. So it'll be interesting to see what we find from our deep dive. Uh, Hopefully we find that Luis is at that max and he's got enough hives and then we could look at what would happen if he rented fewer hives and drove his costs down. But uh, that's what will be really interesting to find out. Luis, let me ask you, is it an issue? Have you had the experience of being overpollinated? No, the, the, the only thing I can say, Casey, when we have a lot of bees and we don't have enough flower, the bees are not happy and tend to be a little bit aggressive. So we always watch for our employees. We don't want to have a lot of people stung. That would be the only sign that we need to balance, you know, enough flowers. I mean, the bees are smart. They will look for different flowers. But yeah, we want to match the flowers they need to pollinate with the amount of bees you have just to make it more efficient. No, it is. And looking at kind of the projection or the growth of almonds over time, you know, now a little over 3 billion pounds. You know, we just hit about 1.5 billion here in the North American market from the regions that we work with. And it's not going to be long before 
you know, we're following along that demand expectation that the consumers have for blueberries. So uh, this is an important piece of that growth pattern. And I guess, you know, just thinking about the cost, you said that, you know, this is kind of helping to optimize this for growers in ideally the reducing the cost of driving those yields. So maybe you can talk a little bit about what is the cost associated with implementing this technology? We have a couple different models. In almonds, we come out and take the pictures. So that's why I laugh when Luis mentioned him and his team. Did it love getting up at night? We know that well. We've got a team about to work nights for a whole month out in almonds. That allows us to be really close to the technology. Those growers pay a higher price per hive. But what's going to make more sense in crops like berries is growers paying a much cheaper price per hive, but either capturing the images themselves if they prefer to do that or working with one of our partners. So we're establishing partners across the U.S. and actually we have several global partners that will capture the images for growers in charge for the service. For us to capture the images for almond growers, it's about three to nine dollars per hive. For growers to capture images themselves, it's about 50 cents to $5 a hive. It depends on the size of the contract though. So it's all tiered based. Well, and let's talk about the ROI on this, Louise. Let's set aside the waking up early in the morning challenge that that presents and just kind of brass tacks on why this has been something you've been investing in and, and how that return on the investment has been for you. You know, have you seen substantial increase in yields? Like what have been the results for you that keep you focused on this as a priority? Yeah, so uh, Casey, the way I see this is kind of uh, from two perspectives, right? So we hire over 300 beehives per season. So the prices go from uh, 45 to 100 $150, depends on the beekeeper and, and the size of the hive. That's uh, a good investment, right? So with this technology, you can assure that that investment, you're getting what you're paying for. Right, so that's to me the goal that we ask uh, the beekeeper to have this amount of bees per hive to pay for that. Right, so we haven't implemented any payment methodology yet, but I, I think that will be the goal to say, okay, I'm gonna pay you this, and based on the quality, I can pay you a premium because I know we are gonna get a better service. So that's one side. From the other side, it's a little bit uh, difficult to estimate. We have seen, you know, yield losses from 15 to 30 percent when it's raining or when you don't have enough bees or when all the flowers, you know, come at the same time. So on that, difficult to put a value, but it's very, very important and especially on, on, on the quality, right? You already invest all the money. The flowers are there. If they don't get pollinated, you, you won't have the crop. On that, to me, it's where you play a little bit and say, okay, if it's a big investment, it's a fraction of the investment. Definitely, it's more like an insurance to have enough bees with good quality, good service, like Ellie was mentioning. Uh, you know, just uh, make sure if you're putting, you know, four beehives per acre, you want to have this amount of bees because you have a, a big amount of flowers that they need to service, right? you can lose 30% of your yield. That can be huge. 
We're going to take a quick break here for our marketing boost. We'll be right back to this conversation in a moment. But for now, here's USHBC NABC Vice President of Marketing and Communications, Jennifer Sparks. Thanks, Casey. Let's talk about the importance of public relations. With Valentine's Day fast approaching, it's all heart, so the perfect time to tie in research about blueberries and heart health. As I'm sure you've seen from USHBC Communications in the past month, a new research study by Aidan Cassidy, PhD, and team, and recently published in Clinical Nutrition, finds that blueberries may help counteract the potentially negative heart health effects of energy-dense, high-fat, high-sugar meals in an at-risk population, adults with metabolic syndrome. Simply put, this is another example that blueberries may benefit heart health. This is amazing news that garners the attention of consumers, the media, and health professionals, and USHBC is capitalizing on this research to spread the good news. Public relations is a key component of the marketing mix that we use to give third-party credibility to the benefits of blueberries. Most recently, because of this new research and our efforts to promote it, Martha Stewart Living publication featured blueberries as one of the 10 foods to eat for healthy living. The great thing about this high-level exposure, other news outlets will likely pick it up as well, so our key messages will spread even faster. You can help promote blueberries and heart health too, which benefits the industry and your business. Just go to ushbc.org toolkits and find resources in both the Heart Health Month and National Nutrition Month toolkits. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the page called Blueberries, to find more shareable content. As always, USHBC is here for you. This has been your Marketing Boost. Thank you for your partnership, as together we inspire the world to grab a boost of blue. Casey, back to you. Thanks, Jenny. Now we'll get back to today's episode with Ellie Sims and Luis de la Garza. Well, and and Luis, coming back to you just about you know, growers who would be thinking about considering this kind of system or Verify as a you know, third-party uh, certifier. What's your advice if they're considering implementing something like Verify at their farm? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I think uh, working with Ellie, we saw that there was a passion behind, you know, what she does and her company. So to me, that's very important. Nowadays, everybody wants to sell a service or a product telling you that you're going to increase the yield. That's the first thing they tell you. And to me, it's like, well, I, I may not want to increase the yield. So with Ellie, what's different is like, let me tell you how the bees work, you know, what's the environment that affect that, what kind of a factors, you know, can impact the health of the colony. Uh, so that's what uh, I like it about that. And just having somebody with that experience that understands, you know, the bees, how they work, how they produce babies, why they fly, etc., etc and provide the service so that's what i like it so for growers i think uh, they need to pay attention to the bees because you can do everything you know perfect and you still can have maybe 70 percent of the yield potential so you need the bees you can use uh, you know blowers or sprays for pollination we haven't used in the berries but uh sometimes you know we we use some blowers to try you know to help with that but it's not the same. You know, my recommendation is pay attention to the bees, make sure you have enough beehives and the beehives are placed in the correct, you know, area of your ranch 
or your production so they fly to the flowers right and also just make sure that they produce good honey and you can get some jars of good honey you know as a compliment that that's pretty cool too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the benefit the benefit of the bees absolutely well this has been great i guess i would turn it back to you la just in terms of your advice in best practices for those growers who are thinking about how to improve their hive health or working with a third party on those hives that get brought in, but they may not have heard of a company like yours that would be the third party on top of the third party who's uh, providing the hives. And so this is going to be potentially a new conversation for them, but just, you know, from your perspective and your experience, and I know, as Louise pointed out, your passion for this, what is something that you'd want people to think about as they're considering their pollination season this year? I've got so many recommendations. I would say if I could pick one for today. I'll let you do um, three. Top three, uh, three. Okay. things from Ellie that she would like to leave our growers with for consideration in the new pollination season as we go into our domestic season. Well, number one, I would say to read the research that is coming out from extension folks like Michigan State, Oregon State, Washington State. There's a website that I could actually link, so you could link at the end of the show, that covers their practical recommendations on optimizing pollination. It is meant for growers to read and digest. This is why they've gotten the funding to do that. I think that is one great resource because, again, it's going to cover a lot of good recommendations. I would say number two is to talk with your beekeeper. Learn more about how they do their operation. Where were these hives before they were sent to you? What do they do with the bees after they're sent to you? Learn more about their operation, their challenges, their struggles, because keeping bees is going to be very similar to growing blueberries. There's so many challenges, and I think that relationship can only improve if both sides really understand it. So I think that's an important way to build up the trust. And then I would say number three, if you aren't ready to get into an inspection yet and check the hives and optimize this input that I think is a huge frontier on optimization for this crop, get in the beehive with your beekeeper. Ask them when it'll be there. Check out the bees and see their side of the world because you're going to learn so much from them. You're going to pick up some tips on things to look for. And it's just going to help you while you're basically a caretaker of these bees while they're using your property and pollinating your crops. So I'd always recommend that because that's what I think is fun and unique about our approach to this as we came at this as beekeepers ourselves. And we love educating growers on that side of this really important input. Well, I really appreciated the opportunity to sit down with both Ellie and Luis on this. And of course, noting the progress that certainly has been made in the almond industry that's now being leveraged for us in the blueberry industry to do the kinds of things that I know our growers are hoping for in the future ahead, which is driving down costs while increasing yield. And and I know I heard Luis say that sometimes it's not always about increasing the yield, but just taking advantage of the information that's out there on hive health and pollination best practices. And I thought today's conversation was really great for that. And B Corp as a solution for possibly looking at how to best optimize the hive health and the pollination strategy our growers have for their crops. So I just thought the conversation was fascinating. And I really appreciated just kind of hearing from both of them, their passion on both sides of that equation there for pollination. So that's it for episode 85. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, 
maybe some pollination. Family and hard work right here on The Business of Blueberries. I think I also hearing you say without saying it that the early mornings have been worth it. Yes. <laughs> you know, I yeah. need a little bit more coffee in the morning, but yeah. I want it. <laughs>